What's up, everybody? My name is Boy Brother. You listen to Monarchy Podcast, episode number five. I got a special show for you guys. This podcast we interview Oscar Rice, aka Nomad, who is an artist based in London, and Adam Jackson, who runs So Far Sounds in Birmingham. But before we get into that, I'm gonna play you guys a few tracks that I enjoy to kickstart the year. This is Monarchy Podcast, episode five. Get it? Texting messages, I don't know the number. Flexing on these niggas, every bone and muscle. Steady taking shots, never hurting them. Even then, y'all don't worry nothing. And I'd like to give a shout out to my niggas with the game plan. And shout out to my niggas with the escape plans. 20 bands, rain dance. We can either rain check or we can make plans. Pockets loaded, rocket loaded, can't let's rock and roll this. Time to go, lock, stop and keep smoking, barrels locked and loaded. Diamonds glowing, chop, climbing on them. We think I'm jumping out the window, I got them open. Line around the corner, line them up the block and over. Sometimes I even stop the smoking when it's time to fall. My shade, VO, my pants, below. Create, explore, expand, concord. I can't, I saw, I can't, I saw. I praise the Lord, then break the Lord. I take what's mine, then take some more. It rains, it pours, it rains, it pours. I came, I saw, I came, I saw. I praise the Lord, then break the law. I take what's mine, then take some more. It rains, it pours, it rains, it pours. Yeah. I sold the pack, the loots, the hard. Yeah. I listen to X, I peep the bars, yeah. the snakes, the rats, the cats, the dogs, the games, the trap, protect. Your heart yeah. awakened in line with time Refine the new design It's time to shine, to shine, to shine, to shine, to shine I hustle, I flex, the world is mine So please believe, allow the grease These niggas, disease, don't speak, we squeeze I make the devil go weak, the knees You hate, you're lame, you're lost I came, I saw, I came, I saw I praise the Lord, then break the law podcast episode number five i hope you guys are having a great 2019 i hope you guys have all your goals set out for the year i want to give a huge shout out to everyone who worked with us last year on our guest mix series all the producers that we got in contact with we got a huge year ahead of us over here in monarchy so i give a huge shout out for all your support let's get into it so why do we fight brothers and sisters all the same just ask the question
So. We're going, okay. We're going. Um, welcome to Monarchy Podcast, episode five. I'm here in Brixton, London, with Oscar Rice, aka Nomad, and Adam Jackson um, of So Far Sounds Birmingham. Um, so, guys, do you want to introduce yourself? Do you want to go first? <laughs> sure. I'm Adam Jackson from So Far Sounds Birmingham. Um, yeah. Uh, How did you get into music? What's your story? We have Just a pretty troubled past, both of us, <laughs> because we we grew up in a musically barren landscape. Yeah, no, I specifically mean recording Ken's. Oh god! <laughs> so yeah. I recorded his band <laughs> right. like a long time. Well, not even that long ago, like a, a few, few years, years ago. ago we, we put set, it behind us. We set, <laughs> it's, I made that sound awful, but yeah, we recorded music for him in a like what was it? Living rooms, yeah, garage, rooms. bathrooms, and it was like. It was he had loads of harmonies and stuff, so just building those was just like the bane mm. of my life for like, what was it, like six months probably? I feel like, yeah, it went on a oh, while. Really? It was just the worst combination of us being perfectionists yeah. and also terrible musicians. And me just, so never, just never saying no. Like, yeah. whenever they'd be like, oh, should we add like an extra harmony there? And I'd be like, yeah, why not? <laughs> and they're just like, 60 tracks. Record? It never uh, saw the light of day. No, we well, released white one track. Did, yeah. Yeah. We, oh yeah, and and a band. Spotify stream it now. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> getting money for it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you mentioned um, growing up in kind of a barren landscape in terms of music. Mm. What is it? This wanted something I wanted to explore. Like, what is it like trying to make a living out of music coming from a place outside of a big city? It's weird. I mean, like, coming from a band perspective, when we were trying to get gigs, there's there's no venues around us. Yeah. There's one, the, there's the Phoenix in High Wycombe. It's just not a place you Which go, isn't really. a place where anyone goes, but, like, if you want to play a gig, that's the place. And it's kind of weird. And, and it's, like, on the outskirts of London, so you always yeah. had that avenue, but because you were you weren't around it like we never knew we got we just got involved with some terrible promoters just because we didn't yeah. know differently um and i think yeah. one of the weirdest things is that there's actually quite a few bands who've come from where we're from mm. which is like zone nine north london you say north london but it's not really <laughs> but mm. like there's a, there's a load of bands that come from there and every time they they like make it out or whatever they claim london it's not yeah, like they, they yeah. never claim like oh I'm from Bucks I'm from Wickham like no I'm from like, yeah. like um, Amber Run Amber Run like, straight yeah. away like L- London band and then like uh, I'm trying to think who else was from that kind of area I'll tell you who though, Jack Garrett is, is he from is he's he? from Little Chalfont which oh, is mad my, have you heard of Jack Garrett no. He's like a he's a cool guy. He's do, you, like, do you blame them from claiming London? Like, do you no, think no, they didn't, no, they like because the thing is, if they the worst chance of, if they didn't go, if they hadn't gone through London, they wouldn't have got anywhere. So mm. they are really from London because that's what made them. But yeah, it's interesting because like because I was living in Birmingham the last like four years, and Birmingham kind of weirdly has a similar thing. Like it's the second biggest city in the UK, but there's no scene. Well, there is a scene, but it's it's like a grassroots thing. Like the industry is kind of non-existent and there's really cool like community 
and and, and there yeah. is like a musical community there, mm. which is so cool. I think um, I think that's really similar in a lot of cities that aren't London in the UK, mm. like Sheffield particularly. Like obviously, people know the Arctic Monkeys, maybe like Human League or whatever, but like it's so insular that these like these towns love their own bands, but they never. It's hard to break them, like outside right. of those towns. So, and as soon as they do, they they get just labelled as like a UK act rather than like Birmingham act mm. or like a Sheffield act. So, yeah, yeah. especially from an international <coughs> perspective. Yeah, tough. Well, but it's weird because like uh, there's a lot of musicians, and there's I think there's a lot of pressure. Um, on Birmingham musicians, if they if they're successful, a lot of people are like why why aren't you in London? Yeah, like why why are you still here? And then if they are in London, I think there's a lot of pressure from the Birmingham side to still be like repping like O one two one and and like <laughs> and like people do like Lady Leisha is yeah, like yeah. probably the biggest like example of that. Like she still reps it, but there's like yeah. some people are just like, well, I don't want that to be like. But my do you think that limits so? like? Like, cause for me, I like I'm I'm not really into her, but like, I feel a little bit like she's limited by having to rep Birmingham so mm. hard. You're I probably f- the better. I feel like there's a there's a few. I mean, you know, Mist, um, yeah. Lady Leisha, and they they are building the Birmingham scene, like yeah. themselves, and people are starting to take <coughs> notice of them. It's mm. um it's a little bit like the rappers in Toronto and the people from outside looking in and they're starting to realise that there are, there's talent coming from these places yeah um, so I think the more people that do it, that no, the better yeah um, and, and like you said it's less about the UK and it's more about the individual, individual cities um, and I think I think more people should do that for sure um, but you do need to go to the big cities to kind of get that infrastructure mm. and yeah, you know, because all the platforms, all the media yeah. companies. Well, if you want to be, if you want to be a global cities. act, like you have to. That's just the yeah. like, the bottom line, mm. I suppose. But yeah, it's weird. It's weird coming to London from Birmingham. You just you feel the difference. Just the number of gigs as well, like the number of opportunities for artists. Do you feel like it's oversaturated, or there are more in London? I don't know. Like it's kind of impenetrable. Mm. I think like yeah. there's a middle ground to be found. In Birmingham, it's cool because you know there's a finite number of gigs going on you know where to go for what kind of music right. here I, I don't know but I haven't been there like long so I'm still yeah. like getting well, we, like, we, we were talking to a promoter the other day who was giving us a lecture and he was saying like in terms of grassroots acts there's loads of opportunities and then in terms of like headline acts in London loads of opportunities but there's this middle ground where people just get lost because like once you get past a certain point and you're selling out like I don't know, like Scala or mm. like you can't, it's really difficult to jump from that to like Brixton Academy. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, like, and, and yeah, I think it's going to get lost in that circuit. Yeah. Mm. Doing that over and over again. For sure. Yeah, that's nice. Repeating my bars, oh yeah, that's nice. Cause when your bars are hard like mine, bang, sometimes. 
fact of the matter is my bar's totally merged. Your bar sounds like you're smoking the worst. Before you end up on a sex offender's list, man, I gotta put the devil in the dirt. What I've gone for certain, man. Thought it was a clash about music. All of a sudden, devil, man, you wanna sperm on man. Like a TV, you wanna turn on man. Talk about music, me and my bros are killing it all over the globe. Now you're angry because everybody on your road is asking for me like the Wi Fi code. Step sang on time, my life on the old IOB, I won't soon. You're not ready. And if you ever gave me an ounce of stunk pussy, I wouldn't pay you a penny. you're a dj yeah um i'm producer sometimes <laughs> when i get a chance and you primarily mix rap yeah I, was, I, I did an interview with uh left and right manchester the other day and i was trying to define what it was and it's kind of like it's this space between hip-hop and house and it kind of comes from like a a really like post post dealer kind of right. era where it's like really focused on like production and like yeah just finding this space between like stuff that's danceable basically and also has like this this kind of hip hop element to it but it's yeah when you explain it it sounds really like people just think of like dance EDM records but it's not that I find I find it really hard these days to tell people what genre yeah. you're working with mm -hmm. like to <clears throat> when we put up a mix on Monarchy and it's got a range of genres in it and yeah. you know it could be hip-hop valley funk future bass and then we have to put a tag up and it's like okay so what do we define this mix as? Yeah. yeah i think it's really difficult because like stations like selection really mixed all of those sounds mm. and in in a way that actually really makes sense and now you can't like when i play dj sets i play stuff like across that whole spectrum mm. And like, like you said, when you're putting when you're putting a mix online or like doing a mix for someone, and they have to put a tag on it, it's so easy to just write like Soul Action or like I've, I've, I, yeah. Kate Renata or like because those because to to people who aren't really into it, that's just like the signifier <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah, what it yeah. means. But like, it's a lot deeper than that. But yeah, they have more or less just compiled all these genres yeah. and, and named it Soul Action. I yeah. feel it fits perfectly. Mm. Um, I think it's easy to get bogged down with genres though like I thought yeah. I feel like sometimes I think artists especially are the worst at it like they're just like oh it's not really yeah. jazz it's not really I don't know it's kind of this own thing and like when I think about it though like most of my favourite acts at the moment are people who are just definitely not in one box exactly like, yeah, yeah. like Kate Renata is the best example of that because like he did everything so differently and no one could put him in a box but mm. he was just the champion of this new sound mm. and like 
yeah, I don't know. Well, if you listen to ASAP Rocky's um, latest record, Sundress, yeah. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, who did he sample on that? It was. It, it just uh, sounds like Blood Tame Impala or something. It's Tame Impala, yeah. Is it Tame Impala? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like, I've heard that he's a big fan of theirs and that sound. Yeah. And I fucking love that. Mm. Like, yeah, it's I think good. That's incredible. It's really good. And but what would you call that if it's ASAP Rocky making that kind of music? <laughs> is it hip hop? Yeah. He does rap on it. Mm. It's just weird because like genres were so important when radio was still really important, mm. and now I don't think like that that Sundress record probably wasn't played much on radio. Like it might yeah. have been Annie Max hottest record or like it was, mm. might have been that, but it was never like a listed. But culturally, it's so much more important to the people who really like like that kind of music. Right. I don't think those kind of people like I don't really listen to radio. Mm. I mean, I listen to like SoundCloud radio and I listen to like stuff like that, but I think now that you don't have to submit it to radio and give the genre that it is so they can put it on this show or that show. I think people are so much more free in what they mm. in what they can play now because, yeah, they don't have to. I think all it is now for us is that hashtag. Or the hashtag. Yeah. 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 Like, what, what hashtag am I putting on this? Mm. Do you kind of resent it? Do you resent having to put the tag on? In a sense, yes, because it's when we're doing a mix for Monarchy what does the DJ want this to be mm. yeah what, I mean it just DJ limits you straight this? away yeah you can only do one and it's like right yeah yeah so I don't know it's, uh, it's tough because I, I I don't like it but at the same time like when I'm scrolling through like looking for music you, you want I it use it like, and you, I like you work in like... publishing as well so like <laughs> that kind of like space is so important for that yeah, because for you're sure. literally looking for like <laughs> A specific That's sound thing, for like, that and I think you li- it's literally like a fork in the road now where like for what you do mm-hmm. in publishing they have to have that and for everybody else I, like whenever I upload a track like I usually put it as like country and like <laughs> rock and roll or something just because I'm right. like it's not it's not any of the stuff that's here so I may as well just put it as whatever how about the kind of the, the feel of the song how it makes you feel because I like yeah sometimes searching yeah. I need to feel chill mm. or pump up or gym think, or something like that. I think like Spotify and SoundCloud are a bit behind on that because as a DJ like Beatport, you can tag everything by like obviously BPM, key, whatever, but mm. moods and like feelings. Uh, and then when like if I'm playing a club and, and it's not like jumping off the way I want it to, I can search for a feeling that I want. And I've tagged all these tracks already, so yeah, mm. yeah. I definitely think they're going to start doing that soon, but it's just a matter of when. So tell us a bit about your publishing background, Adam. My publishing background, <laughs> oh, God, you don't want to talk about. No, it. not really. Uh, it's um, just it's don't get yourself recent. Fired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, disclaimer: these are not my own views. These are, but um, yeah, it's it's recent. I'm, I work for a, like a. Um, production music publishing library um for the last like six months uh it was what what advice would you have for people kind of trying to get a publishing deal or something because there's a lot of people that they're not very educated about Mm, the whole idea of publishing it's an interesting one i mean ours our company because it's it's production music it's not commercial artists it works slightly differently Mm. but we are just about to branch into commercial um, like licensing which is, is interesting because they are on our side it's you've got to listen to it with a completely different ear it's not 
necessarily which bands are the best, which bands are the most commercial sounding. It's like which band it makes a track that I can put over like a dramatic scene in Grey's Anatomy, and like that's such a different thing. You know, from, it's like, always Grey's Anatomy. Like, because we have lectures on publishing, kind of right? and drama. every time we have someone from publishing come in, they're always like, "Yeah, so if you're trying to get on Grey's Anatomy, or like, yeah, yeah, when I got this line, I got Coldplay on Grey's Anatomy. That's when I realized like, always <laughs> that's for some that's, reason, like those shows break so many bands, yeah. like, mm. like Scrubs. Scrubs is such a good example of like bringing this like indie acoustic alternative scene to like the mainstream yeah. of America, like, like the Fray. I'm pretty sure the fray just they what was it how to save a life was on that like scene yeah, in scrubs definitely then next thing you know they're just like huge it happens all the time like the OC was really big on that as well like that scene like garden state it's interesting because like it never used to be a thing that major labels cared about like sync so yeah they were like worried about record sales, touring. But that's because now they don't make any money on exactly, record sales. Yeah. So now they're just like fighting for the it's, rest of it's it. It's all see. flipped. It's like yeah. it used to be touring was like marketing for record sales. Yeah. Now it's completely flipped. And then the major labels didn't didn't care about sync. They were like comparatively, there's no money in it. Now they all have like massive yeah. sync teams. They most of them have production like music libraries as well, like Universal, Warner. Um, they all have them so like the what the company I work for was the first production music library um, which started with uh, like silent films literally used to be silent and so then just score them they, yeah they they're the first company to publish sheet music so you used to go to the cinema oh, there'd be like yeah, yeah. an upright piano yeah. and some guy would play piano and they published the sheet music and then from there it just kind of like ended up here but um, but yeah, it's re- it's really interesting. What advice would I give? I don't know because like, I just applied for a ton of jobs trying to get mm. into London, and I got a few different offers from things that potentially I was more initially interested in. But uh, <laughs> as it was, I needed to move to London. I needed to pay rent, and mm. this was the only one that paid me enough to actually move yeah. and and live, which is interesting. I don't. I I, I think it's an interesting one. It's also, it's where the, like, if you want a stable job in the music industry, yeah. it's one of the best ways to do that. Like, there is money in it. And you kind of operate more in the TV and film industry than you do in the music industry. Because mm. all all the contacts you need to make, unless you're on the A&R side, all the contacts you need to make are producers, directors, editors, advertising companies, that kind of thing. So you, you're operating in a completely different industry. Well, but I feel like the kind of music and media industries are getting closer and closer mm, yeah. and a little less defined for sure in terms of what a music company would do mm. so it's, I think that's quite important to make those contacts yeah. it's interesting because a lot of the like production companies like TV production film production are kind of cottoning on to the fact that there is actually money in the, in the music scene mm. and so they're getting their own libraries they will kind of like commission a composing thing but they'll they'll be like right well, but we want a cut of the publishing rights because they used to think about that last they were like, yeah they exactly make the film, yeah. they make the the advert and then I mean, they're like they... right how much money left do we have left to do the yeah. the music that's yeah that's the thing and that's why i think like a lot of production music libraries exist well it's the reason because 
you can't always use a, a commercial track it's expensive mm. also it's still an afterthought for most things like you'll be surprised like we get briefs through from massive companies for like advertising campaigns like a week before they're like due to go out or whatever and they're like we need we these really kind of like tracks <laughs> within an hour wow. and i'm just like this company that they, they've left that like that last yeah. minute um but yeah
what are you guys doing in the studio today? Oh, yeah, we're kind of like I, it's been quite a while for me since I've been since I've just had like a blank canvas and like hours in a studio and uh, like me and Adam have always had like music separately to each other and mm. always been interested in what each other's doing and we've never really had a chance to, to do it together so mm. I don't know we'll see where it goes but yeah. I'm interested <laughs> yeah we both have quite we're, different styles yeah. but we have like a good shared common ground yeah which... Drake mostly Drake <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was that's but. probably the way I think when we were recording that the dreaded EP yeah. it was always like I would drop Oscar home and it was like a what like half an hour because I, like, I hadn't passed my driving test back then and so um, like Adam would pick me up and drop me off and we'd always like like put maybe on the way there like Adam would play me like what he's listening to yeah. and then on the way back I'd be like well this is Jay Diller he's yeah, the best that's ever the thing. That's, you got <laughs> me like, into Diller yeah. just those car rides and then yeah so I, like and we were obviously in the studio at that point but it was all like Ken's Beijing stuff mm. and and yeah since then like you've sent me bits of your stuff I've sent you like evergreen stuff and and we never really we we're both just moved back to London so mm. yeah I just we'll see. see what happens maybe you'll hear it on monarchy whatever happens like yeah. the, <laughs> the product of today <laughs> or on the next bird's eye advert if I yes. sneak it in there I need that bird's eye money though, yeah to that be fair. bird's eye money is, is good money <laughs> Well, it is, you know, it is, it is increasingly hard to actually make money out of music. Yeah. So mm. yeah. These things are quite important for people to think about when they're getting into it. You know, should I go and make music for adverts? Should I. I think it's easy to make money can? doing music that you don't love. Yeah. Right. That's easier that's than that ever because, be too, yeah. like, like for me as a as a producer like there's all these websites like beat stars or like whatever where i could just like churn out like 30 trap beats a week mm. and try and sell them and make like 30 quid on each one and but like i i'm really careful about what i put out because i don't i don't want it to tar- i don't want to look back on it in like three weeks and be like man why did i put that mm, out right and uh you not do that anyway yeah sometimes <laughs> <laughs> most of the time um, I did a Isley's Brothers remix that's got like twenty six thousand plays, and I hate it. That's such a good remix. Like but yeah, I do. Because yeah, like, I can see who plays it, and it's like I think the age is like forty five up. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's got loads. But like, it's easy to make money doing music you don't love. But mm. like, and it's also really difficult to quantify what success is now because. Like it used to be that if you were getting loads of plays and placements on radio, you were making money and you were successful mm. because you could. Like, I could turn around to my parents and be like, "Yeah, look, I just bought these like these new Jordans with that three hundred <laughs> quid check that I got from whatever." <laughs> but like now, like I'm still buying those shoes. But, yeah. like, but like they're like, "Well, so you just got played on Radio One and like, like I'm pretty close at the moment to hitting a hundred thousand plays on my SoundCloud, but have I made any money? Like no, mm. <laughs> and so." to them and to like whenever we have like a family reunion or like I see like we had the school reunion the other day yeah. and everyone was like oh like you're making loads of money then in music and I was like no and they're <laughs> like oh you're not very successful and then I was like well hold up like I have been played on Radio 1 like just, just like that for me that's success but hopefully at a certain point you start getting paid yeah. for it you need to like it just needs to be a string of successes yeah. but you'd be like mm. but is that the same for bands that you don't make money no, like, early bands like You've got to be at a, a 
a very high level to be doing that full time, especially yeah. bands like because I think bands are more money expensive as well. Yeah, just yeah. in terms of like what you need to to play a mm. gig, you need more expensive gear, you yeah, need yeah. more of it. Whereas for me, I just need my laptop. So. Exactly. Yeah, it's tough. It's also something you got to take into account when like booking gigs as well. It's like yeah. the budget is, and I want to get like I, I really want to get this like eleven piece from London right. to play a gig in Birmingham but I'm like logistically and financially that is so to, difficult you fly them up there or <laughs> yeah no it's just like coach yeah just like a bus like a, I'll do a bus but like it's just if I'm booking a solo act with a guitar which is why so many people get by just yeah solo act and guitar mm. I don't even know if that's the avenue they want to be doing musically but so many people like it just works like it, it's just me it's yeah. self-contained you're not like the eleven piece, like sorting out dates with I eleven people. I don't think I have eleven friends. No, like, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of people to be in a band with, like, and and to it's all be bad. happy as well. Yeah, I know. And like being like, oh, can you play a gig next month? All eleven yeah. of them need to be free on this one day, and like that's crazy. Like you, you can try and make plans with one. Like we've been trying to sort this out yeah. for, oh, for yeah. months, <laughs> and like today's the day we were like, okay, we're both free this day. Like yeah. imagine if there were eleven of us, like. That's not that crazy. most bands have 11 people but it's just something to and like as an 11 piece they're never gonna make a living unless no. they're earning 11 times more than a solo artist and who's makes. taking the biggest cut yeah yeah exactly yeah who was it was it Oasis or was it um, Morrissey and the Smiths where like the two it was Morrissey and John yeah where they basically signed the deal and they said that mm. we're getting all the money and then they paid the other two guys like a yeah. wage right and like yeah. It wasn't much. Mm. It's interesting because some bands are like, at the start, they're like, right, we're a band, this is all going equally. Yeah. And some bands, it's like, it's difficult because, like, a band like Coldplay, I don't know how they split it, but like, Chris Martin has always been the songwriter. He, yeah. he writes the songs, they put some parts on it, but like, he's the primary songwriter. I don't know how they split it, but I like. Think, honestly, I think they go to court a lot because, like, like we've been doing this, like, copyright module and, like, the amount of bands you didn't realise like all hate each other and yeah, all yeah. go to court all the time because like one it's complicated and I don't think mm. musicians really understand the difference between master recording late. rights publishing rights like performers rights yeah. until it's too late because mm. then they don't mm. they, they end up going to court and like they're being like they're suing each other and it all just yeah just all goes down the drain because they're spending 80 grand a day on court fees and like, <laughs> yeah. I think it's important for people these days to educate themselves about this industry it is yeah you know, to get someone on their team who knows a bit about mm. it especially doing it early yeah. like I mm. think after there's already money in the pot and you're doing how to split that it, it I think I hard. think like musicians really needed someone as a figurehead for that and I think we're really lucky to have Chance because he was he was so early on on being like I own my master recordings and I own my publishing rights and I think the majority of musicians especially in that lane didn't didn't have a clue what those were mm. and they just thought success like it comes back to definitions of success and like they think when you sign a deal that's mm. success and for a lot of people in that industry when they sign a deal they don't realise they're signing away their rights yeah, like, yeah. in perpetuity to like never earn money off their music so they mm. get whatever it is like a hundred grand advance but you know you 30 years later yeah, yeah. yeah and like 
I think we're on the edge of like a big shift because as soon as the majority of musicians start to realize that they can be chance mm. if they like do the right things and make you know the right moves and then I think labels will start to really sweat because then then they're like okay well we have to sign you for deals where you get a percentage of your mm. rights and yeah hopefully that's what happens but yeah because I think like it used to be you got a like a a, a deal from I don't know like say the Universal kind of and like that was like like I don't know like 20 years ago it was still like they've always like been not necessarily artist focused and, no, and no. but these days I think it's like you really have to think about it I think like if, if you want to historically you sign a deal because they have access to the distribution like the record mm. labels have access to better distribution <laughs> and better marketing and promotion and like They'll, they can put you on a tour easier. But nowadays, like social media, you have access to every single person in the world. Mm. It's difficult because everybody's using that. But yeah. And distribution, you can upload directly to Spotify now mm. as an artist. So yeah. unless a label is really offering you something that is, you know, as a producer, a lot of labels now, they offer you their back catalogue to sample. So like, uh, really? which is really cool because it, it, it frees up a load of like really difficult yeah, sampling yeah. issues. But unless they're doing something like that, you know, and and platforms like Monarchy in the future, like you guys can sign artists and say, we, we can help you with your promotion and your distribution. And we both win here. Like mm. you guys, mm. you guys get to be part of that culture and like grow yourselves. And an artist gets to reach a bigger audience and still isn't getting screwed out of their master rights. Mm. I don't know if I'm putting on blast your plans here. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, he had his eyes on the master. We'll see. Right. <laughs> yeah, maybe we wanted to become a label. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I find that really interesting. I think, um, you know, getting a record deal doesn't mean anything until you actually look at the deal. Mm. And I think yeah. people need to take just you know do a bit of reading yeah i mean look the thing into is, it a little bit like traditionally a record deal in its essence is a loan it's, mm, yeah. it's just a loan and with like bedroom recording stuff like that it used to be you needed that money to go into the studio to right. do that yeah you can do you can like more and more often bands are going they've got their they've got their recording yeah. And they're looking for someone to release it. They're, they're not interested in, in money necessarily. They're interested 100%. in the exposure and the network. And I don't know. It's it's difficult. You've just got to weigh up, like, can you get to that same network without them? And I, I don't think a lot of people like the major label is dead. I don't think it is. No, I think it's, it's never potentially die dying, but you it it's still got that kind of like web of contacts yeah. it's like you sign with that label you're going on like I don't know like Jimmy Fallon you're going yeah. on tour but we're like we, mm. we were like I was reading up about how I think it's Ticketmaster now like they sign artists I think they signed uh, mm. Beyonce and Drake and they run as a record label at a loss but so they can put those people on tours Yeah. so it's like it's like I was saying I think now we're really at a turning point where record labels and like major majors are never going to die because they own so many like yeah. historical rights to music mm. but there's definitely going to be a shift in how in how they operate hopefully 
mm. because it's not it's not working for either party at the moment. I don't mm. think, but but they'll always kind of find a way when they mm. yeah be the... they're like cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never getting signed to a major. Are you now. Looking, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you looking for a deal? Cut to your. Do you know what I, I like? I'm pretty broke so yeah probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like I don't think I'm in a position to be rights. yeah probably whatever rights they want man they can have them yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know I'd love like, advance yeah. I need some Jordans <laughs> there's a couple of pairs of trainers coming out next month I really want so if, if Warner wants to slide that check yeah then. yeah a lot of artists are looking at sponsorship deals as well yeah mm. brand partnerships are like and and people like Chance leave themselves so open to that kind of thing because they're not trapped by a label and they can't so yeah basically Chance is like <laughs> the goat of all of this like, right yeah cool well thank you very much guys mm-hmm. um, no we'll leave session yeah we'll see how it goes yeah I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was our first interview that we've done over here on the podcast series. Let us know what you think, you know. Hit the comments below. Um, send us messages, send us DMs, email us. Get in, get in touch with us, you know. I want to know everything that you guys are thinking, how we can improve, how we can do this over the year. If you guys want to get involved too, you're a producer, you're a DJ out there, you got something to share about the industry, the music field, let us know. You know, there's a lot of guys out here who are listening, who are starting up and coming. We want to help y'all, you know. That's it. That's all we do in the monarchy business. That's it. So I'm your host, man. I'm, my name is Boyd Brother. Don't be a ghost. Keep in contact. Once again, shout out for y'all for listening. Have a good 2019. I'll see you back here on the next podcast series. And that's it. That's for 29. I'm out. It seems now.